Welcome to the Blacktop Pulpit by the Church at Sunsites. I am Andrew, I'm a pastor at the Church at Sunsites, and I'm here with one of our uh, church members, P- PA, which stands for something I can't tell you because apparently he's in witness protection. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know for how long I got left. Uh, I, they take the monitor off and then the witness protection, whatever. I don't remember what they told me. Yeah, well, we're, today we're talking about uh, the sermon from Sunday and the theological concepts that uh, we heard in the sermon on, on Sunday, which I, I preached it, so don't be too harsh, bro. <laughs> uh, what what do you remember from the sermon on Sunday? What, what stood out to you? Um, well, you kind of put me on the spot there, didn't you, brother? Always, always. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm really I'm I'm traveling down many different roads with it, but um, I had to, <laughs> you have your wife sitting across the table <laughs> passing your notes. <laughs> it's, well, that's because she knows me, but uh, it, it it's different for me. It, it I, I'm it's just different for any veteran. It's it's different to the the not be angry part. Mm. It's 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 the same, but it's different. I'm I'm. It's a hard. It's hard to explain, but we know not to be angry. But there, there's a part of us that I don't know. It, it it's just we took that vow. It's a little different to us. Yeah. Well, and the, the yeah. scriptures say too, like be angry but do not sin. Right. So it's just a matter of okay. Uh, is is there an okay time to express anger? When is when is when is that time and and how what, what's the what's right. the righteous way to show anger when it's necessary to show it i think those are biblical questions good things to wrestle with yeah and, and, and jesus had it down he knew what to do when he had to do it mm. yeah you know he knew what to do and how to do it yeah it, it amazes me how jesus like was perfect <laughs> Really? Like, I know I should be encouraged to think about Jesus, but sometimes I just get depressed because I'm like, oh, man, I'm not there yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What What was that? He didn't curse. Who didn't curse? Oh, Jesus. (laughs) He called the Pharisees sons of snakes. (laughs) Broods of vipers. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So basically with the sermon... Um, the big idea I was wanting to get at was the sufficiency of scripture, mm. um, as opposed to like worldly philosophies, uh, as opposed to worldly things. Or First Corinthians chapter two, we continue to walk through First Corinthians, and Paul's whole point is: Hey, you, you're trusting way too much in the wisdom of the world and the philosophies of the world, um, the gods of the world, the power of the world, uh, the politics of the world. Um, and it's stealing your attention from Christ and Christ crucified. So I, I set the example for you, and this is how Paul wrote it. I set the example for you. I determined to know nothing except Christ and Christ crucified. That just gets at the sufficiency of Scripture. Um, and that's Hopefully I, hopefully I communi- communicated that well. Like Scripture is really all we need for life and ministry. Not only is Scripture correct, but it is entirely sufficient you know we don't actually need anything else as scripture is sufficient i think a lot of people may have a hard time focusing on that 
just because of, of where they're at or where they've been mm-hmm. or how they've been damaged. There's a lot. It's yeah. tough to get there, but once you get there and really that's it. Yeah. Because there are times when you realize that's it. That's what you need. You need the word. Period. Yeah. It's tough times, though, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, real tough. Well, and especially when um, we look around. And, like, right now it's really easy uh, to look around and see, oh, I, man, I don't like who the president is. Uh. <laughs> and, and, oh, man, I really hate what's what's being done in this in this country and around the world. And I, I hate the fact that people are so bent out of shape because of a pandemic. And I, I hate this and that. And uh, it's really easy to get caught up on that and just lose sight of the fact that God has spoken. Uh, he has given us his word. Uh, and it is sufficient for all of life and ministry. Like, it, it's really difficult to realize I actually don't have to get bent out of shape even though I don't like what's going on. Um, because I serve a sovereign God who's working everything together. And, and he has spoken. Like, how amazing is that? How comforting is that in it during any time when we when we when we really hate what's going on? Oh, it, it's, it's, it, yes, and and yes, and I concur. But it it's like <laughs> hate what's going on and and loathe and and all of that. It, mm-hmm. it it's it's yeah, we, we do. But we do have a sovereign God. We just get stuck in our own humanity sometimes because so many of us want to say, why, Father, why? (laughs) How can you do that to us? But, you know, (laughs) we know he's sovereign. We know he's there. We know he's in control. But why? Mm. You know, so contradictive that sounds, but hypocritical as well. It's like we know God's sovereign. It's just so distasteful. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Well, and part of it's because I want to fix all the world's problems, and I think I know how to do that. <laughs> so, well, don't so we? I get mad when other people don't, don't do that. I thought, yes. we, I thought we discussed you know? that over lunch the other day. Yeah, Didn't we figure yeah. that all out? I'm sure. Have that solved? Uh, yeah. So, and when I see other people doing things in a way that I wouldn't, right, uh, mm. or doing other things than I want done, then that really just. That offends me, and I don't know how to handle that. Uh, that's how most of the world is. But then we read, we read scripture, and the message is, "Well, it's not about you anyway. God's working all things together for your good." Um, instead of thinking about what you don't like, maybe think about how God's trying to talk to you through whatever He's working together. Oh no! Oh, now that hits a little too close to home for me. <laughs> I'm not sure I like it when people start talking like that. Like maybe I'm the one with the problem. <laughs> you know. I'm sorry, I went deaf a couple of sentences ago. What yeah. was that? What was that? Yeah. <laughs> no. that's, that's that's the point of the sermon when people start to zone out, uh, or or when people start. But to, it's right, yeah, or when people start to say, "Oh, I don't know about this guy. <laughs> I'm not coming to this church again." <laughs> you know? But yeah, it's like if, if we see a problem with the world, maybe we ought to start with our own hearts. You know, I mean, that's too logical. <laughs> that's just too logical mm-hmm. my wife has a has a beautiful way of handling all this nonsense sometimes yeah. right now because I can't help it being a veteran I, uh, I can't help it I go crazy with some of it but she's like you know what just let it go so it's like I'll start bird watching yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know reading some scripture then I'm good mm. yeah 
Yeah. Uh, the, the Bible is so encouraging. Um, I want to get your thoughts on something. Go. Um, on Sunday, I was talking about um, how people need a preacher, teacher, who is smarter than them, not in the ways of the world. Right. But uh, in the gospel, in the knowledge of the right. gospel, in the depths right. of the gospel. Um, what do you think about a statement like like that? Uh, is that a, is that offensive to say? Because um, it came out of my mouth, and I was like, "Oh, I can see how somebody could take this wrongly." Me? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Are you serious? Anyone with a heart and a desire to get to know Daddy more would never find any offense whatsoever in any of that. I want to be taught there at TCATS. Mm. I want to be, and I am. Anytime I go, Priscilla, bless her heart. She even taught me something. She teaches me something. I'm every telling week. you, she's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. But but it's it. You no, know, no, that statement would not come off whatsoever. In anyone that's searching for more love from the Father or more direction from the Father would never take offense to that because we need people like that. Mm. I think I said that a couple of weeks ago. Maybe. We need them yeah. people. Shoot, yeah. yeah, I forget how to tie my shoes. Look at her. What are you doing? She's <laughs> passing what notes she, across the table. Notes. It's like a radio uh, show. She don't want oh, to say your voice. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, now, do you think it's important? So, so we want preachers who are smarter than us. Um, we want <laughs> yeah. pastors who are smarter than us in the, in the ways of the gospel. Do you think it's important for those preachers and those pastors to also be learning from people who are smarter than them? You're going to have to ask me that one more time. All right. So so we want pastors who are smarter than us. Right. But if the pastor doesn't have anybody else who's smarter than him that he's learning from, right. then he's not going to be continuing to grow himself, right? Right. Um, so is, is it important that uh, our pastors, our preachers, our teachers are always learning, always furthering their, their education, so to speak? So right. that they can continue to lead the congregation onto maturity, or is there right. a point at which they just they just stop growing and and stop learning from others? What do you think? I, I think I know what your answer is, but it's important for the for the show. I think I, I'm <laughs> sorry, I don't mean to find humor in that question, but I find yeah, you do. Humor in, I do. <laughs> I find humor in that question. Oh my goodness gracious! No, 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 no. It, it's not important for the pastor to have someone. Teaching him, it's paramount. Mm. It's it's vital and necessary, not only for his health, but the health of his family and mm. the health of the church. And it is paramount. It's it's beyond important. It's, important is an understatement. No, you have to be getting fed, poured into, mm. and taught. At every level, and if you and if someone gets to that level where they don't need to learn anymore, I'm sorry, but I don't want nothing to do with them. Uh, yeah, I, feel I really the same don't. Way. I don't I want nothing to do with them. Um, yeah, pastors need a mentor too. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I I know too many guys who they come to pastor a church, and they're okay. They're the big dog on campus now, and and that's where that's where the buck stops, and uh, and they're they're the expert, and I think that is so dangerous, um, because if our pastors aren't growing, 
well, how are they going to lead other people to grow? Um, it's not it's not in just what you know, right? But it, but it is in how you're growing into a greater maturity and greater knowledge of the Lord. And if if we're not growing too, we can't lead others to grow. It's, it's impossible. All we're doing is regurgitating the same information over and over again if we're never growing and never thinking about things. Um, which is why at TCATS we have uh, uh, m- multiple elders, a plurality of elders. Uh, that way we're pouring into one another. Um, during elders meeting, we pour into one another biblically, glean from one another. We're, so we're learning there together and discipling one another in, in elders meeting so we can continue to shepherd the church and lead the church onto maturity, the, the congregation. And then I also make it a point, like I, I listen to guys smarter than me. <laughs> um <laughs> whoa how revolutionary is that right i'm i'm not i'm not over here some people i think have the perception of their pastor like he's he's coming up with 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 all the ideas and 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 the buck does stop with him right but the reality is a good pastor is man he he is learning from people smarter than him he is watching those those sermons that that people preach who who are way more intelligent than he is. So I, I listen to Katie's uncle, um, who currently holds a who currently holds a PhD and, and is himself still learning and still and still educating and still reading the scholarly and, and journal articles and and still interpreting the text of scripture and doing the hard work, not just using mm-hmm. sermons that he wrote previously. Um, so so I listen to him. He's for somebody who is more intelligent than me, he's the he's the primary source I, I go to because he is way more intelligent than me. So I learn from him and I and I learn from guys with a lot of experience like 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 John MacArthur and that sort of sort of figure. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I follow his ministry. Um and so it's it's so important for every pastor to always be furthering his education, you know. Um learning with his peers, being built up by his peers, the other elders of the church, but then also looking to other sources where, hey, some guy's preaching, he knows more than me. Let me as a pastor shut up and listen. How many pastors shut up and listen? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but no, that's, 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 that's important. That's um, big. Because that's big so, as well. Yeah. I mean, we say like, <laughs> if a pastor isn't growing, he can only disciple the church so far. Right. So if he's, he, you can't you can't teach somebody more than you know. If I teach you everything I know and I'm not learning, then there's a point at which you're gonna you're, you're gonna come to a stopping point in your relationship with Christ. But if I am continuing to grow, continuing to learn, continuing to understand more and more about who who the Father is and who Christ is and, and the work of the Holy Spirit, then no matter how much we grow together, I'm always going to be able to disciple my congregation. Um, there's there's never a stopping point. Now, how amazing is that? How beautiful is yeah, that? You know that that's that's proper. Yeah. Would that be a? a yeah. I don't know if that's a good term for it or not, but that'd be proper. It just seems to jive that way. Mm. You know, yeah. it really it really does. Yeah. And then also, you have uh, this is later in First Corinthians. We haven't gotten there yet, but Paul talks about the spiritual gifts. It's, uh, ah, First Corinthians all. chapter twelve, and two of those gifts are knowledge and teaching, prophecy. Um, so it's also really important that a, a pastor, a preacher, somebody presenting the Word of God, has the spiritual gift of knowledge and the spiritual gift of, of prophecy or preaching. 
Um, because if he doesn't, then he he won't be able to pour knowledge into the congregation that isn't already there. Like uh, knowledge is a spiritual gift and not everybody has that. Um, and you can see that in a congregation. Some people are like, uh, I'm okay. Just embracing the mystery of the faith. I just yeah. take it on faith. I just trust it because the Bible said it. And that's perfectly fine. But then there are people who have the spiritual gift of knowledge, right? And, and the depth of knowledge and knowledge comes a little easier for them because it's a spiritual gift. And God gives that so that they can what? Dig, deep. Build, dig deep and build up the body. Um, yep. And that's the whole reason God gives that. Uh, so it's, it's cool to think about. Uh, and it's humbling, too, because that means even this, even the gift of knowledge... Uh, isn't something that I just inherently like, yeah, I know a lot. No, it's it's a spiritual, it's a gift of God. And uh, oh. and that's humbling. It's the Holy Spirit doing that. Oh. Um, not Andrew Cannon. Right. Not P.A. Right. No. Not Albert. No. Um, not Ken, you know, <laughs> any of the guys we have <laughs> that are pretty intelligent. It, it's not us. It's, it's the Holy Spirit working in us uh, to work and to will according to his own good pleasure if you give somebody the the gift of knowledge that doesn't make everybody else inferior it just says hey uh i'm giving you this so you can use it to build up the body use your knowledge build up the body continue to pursue knowledge and share it mm-hmm. you know that's, that's just discipleship um but yeah yeah that's cool um how do you think um pastors uh, the men of god um, with these spiritual gifts, uh, how do you think they they should continue their education? Well, there's always curriculum. Mm-hmm. You need to stay on top of, of that and situational surroundings, but I think they need to be, have they need, if they have that knowledge, if they have the gift of knowledge, they need to be using it or it's going to die. Sure. It, it, it's just yeah. like playing a guitar and mm-hmm. muscle memory. Some of that stuff does go away. Um, no, they, 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 it, they have to listen. They have to be teachable. Mm. That, 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 that's, I can't help but go back to that. They have, they have to be. Yeah. Uh, the pastors, they need to be getting fed. They need to be getting, and they need to feed. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. cycle. It keeps it alive. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, listening to people smarter than than us. That's one way we yeah, continue the education. And the other way is like actual formal training. So the whole reason I'm continuing on to PhD work. Oh man, that's that's that's, that's cool. Though. That's that's because it's important. Yeah, that's cool. Right? We gotta have smart people. Um, so I so I do <laughs> that, and who knows whether I'll fail or succeed, right? I'm, of course, I'm gonna try to succeed. I'm gonna <laughs> work my hardest. I put succeed um, but it's, in the pool. But it's <laughs> but just it's, letting you know. But it's but it's always for the good of the church, um, not just not just to you know not if if, you. if somebody's just doing it to get letters behind their name. Um, that's probably not the best motivation. It's for the good of the church, um, because we want, we want the greatest depth of knowledge possible, um, at the Lord's desk on Sunday morning. That's, that's what we want. Um, because that's what's best for the congregation. And, uh, and too many guys just aren't willing to 
continue their their education, whether formally or informally. You know, mm-hmm. too many guys aren't willing to continue their education. They just they take the attitude, my way or the highway. I'm done thinking about stuff. I've made up my mind, and I'm just going to be dogmatic from the pulpit from now on. Uh, I, I know too many guys uh, like that. And, uh, it's so distasteful. And, I know, and it, and it doesn't benefit the congregation at no. all. Like nobody in the congregation is going to grow spiritually at that no. point because um, the pastor's not growing spiritually. Um, so for our listeners, like bringing this down to the pulpit, like we're not just talking about the the pastor now. We're talking about the whole congregation, the right. community of faith. Like when you when you look for a pastor, when you're looking for a church, when you're when you're thinking, okay, what what body, what congregation do I want to devote myself to, uh, right. commit to, covenant right. with? Um, look for that in a pastor, not just a pastor that already thinks he knows everything and knows a couple tricks to make you think he's intelligent, but somebody who's sincerely striving to continue his own education, whether formally or informally, and not because he wants letters behind his name, not because he wants to be the smartest person in the room, but simply because he loves Jesus and he wants others to know Jesus more. Um, that has to be the motivation, I think. So, so yeah, look for that kind of pastor in, in a church as you're looking for a church. Um, and if you're in our area, come to TCATS because we strive for that, man. Insanity first. I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's going against the grain. Oh yeah, always. Well, that's just Christianity, man. Yeah, I know. People don't realize how countercultural it. Christianity is, <laughs> and it is. I know uh, it. Yeah. Uh, so we want pastors who have a great depth of knowledge concerning the things of the gospel, the things of the Bible. Uh, what are the limitations of the pastoral office? We we got at this a lot. Uh, uh, what are the pastor's limitations? Uh, some guys don't honor these limitations given in what scripture. What are the pastoral limitations? How long is this podcast or blog or whatever it is? You're not allowed to pick the color of the carpet in the sanctuary. Don't do it. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) The limitations, you know, I, I, it, no, no, if I, no, I'll answer that jaded. I'll tell you what the limitations are. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no they do they do have responsibilities obviously but the, the limitations it, it it's a case by case basis mm-hmm. it really is i believe it is i mean it, some people need to be pulled out of the muck and mire and then sometimes that statement can be literal mm-hmm. nearly so it, it's a case by case thing but They don't need to be all up in your business about everything. Why not? <laughs> I'm just saying, man. You know, they just, and there's there's a bunch of them that that want to know. Like, well, here you go. Let me get. Ooh, I just thought of a good example. I did. Sorry, I had a brain. I had a brain moment. Okay, so I got two friends come over to visit, and um, of course, our conversation ends up. Turn into daddy, mm. father God. Well, that might be considered a Bible study, sure. but I don't think it's the pastor might stretch his limitations if he wanted to know what you were all talking about. Uh. 
and wanted to know if you were reading out of a certain type of Bible. Okay. Wanted to know. You know I what? You. I mean, yeah. maybe I don't know if I'm going down the right road, but I've experienced that once or twice, and that I think that's where a pastor's lines may cross. Yeah, uh, there there is a point at which um, the the guy sort of at the helm of the the organizational church, right? Um, he just needs to trust the work of God and right. instead of micromanaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Am I making sense? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that would be a limitation uh, of pastor. I think from a biblical point of view, too. That's It's not exactly the direction the text went on Sunday, but, I, yeah, it's a good direction anyway. Um, because as a pastor of a church, we do. This is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. Our, our job is to train the saints for the work of ministry. That's our job. If the saints are out doing the work of ministry, if they are out living on mission, which was the challenge of the sermon mm-hmm. on Sunday, right? Living on mission. Go, let's go live on mission. Focus. Um, if the saints are out doing that, we have succeeded. If we micromanage, then we haven't trained the saints for the work of ministry. We're trying to own the work of ministry rather than training people and handing good it over. Good point of view. That's them, good. You know? Yeah, that's good. Uh, I get that. Yeah. I get so, that. So, yeah, that's, that should be a limitation of the pastor. Yeah. That, that um, point on, bing, bing, bing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, other limitations, limitations I mentioned on Sunday are uh, like the pastor shouldn't get up, stand up in the pulpit and wax eloquent about uh, politics for 45 minutes right um if if we do reference politics or the religions of the world or, or cults or whatever that's not the content of our message that's simply a launching board in order to proclaim the gospel and to teach expositorily which is why at tcats we lectio continua we walk through the scripture Verse by verse, right. whichever verse we end on one week, our normative way, our custom is to the next week. We start at the Pick next up. verse, um, and that and and that binds us to the text of scripture rather than to our own thoughts and our own philosophies, which can go in any direction. Right, <laughs> you know, right, week really, week. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's important. That lectio continua sort of sort of preaching, and uh, when we do uh, select our own text or or divert from the norm, our our standard is still, okay, we pick a passage and let's look at the passage and let's see what the passage tells us and let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, not, not all the other stuff. So I think, I think pastors are limited in that way uh, and they're limited in that way by scripture. That's the example Paul set to the church at Corinth. Yeah. You look like you had something else on your mind, man. Well, yeah, I, it, it, it you, you caught me there. Um, Last Sunday, we were talking. You were talking about focus and and you know making that just our sole gain to focus on Christ. Mm. Um, through all of this nonsense, and I'm, I'll own up to being a messed up vet. I'll tell you that right now. Through all this nonsense, my best friend, my coach, Andy Rape, mm. um, he he's he has more than once texted me back saying the only thing we can really do that we need to do is to win one person back to Christ at a time mm. um, because that's that's what it's boiled down to and and that I meant to tell you that Sunday that that reminded me of that focus mm-hmm. yeah you know just one at a time let's go yeah. one at a time yeah. and there's so much truth to that you know oh, amen 
Amen. So much truth to that. Um, and that and that brings me right to like if that's the example Paul set for the church at Corinth, he was setting that example for the elders of the church pastors. And the call there for pastors set that example for the congregation. Hone in on Christ. Right. Be informed, be knowledgeable about the things of the world, politics, right. religion, whatever. See, Yes. But yes. But make the content the gospel. Right. Um, I, I mentioned before that uh, so, some people don't know exactly what I think politically, <laughs> and and they're like, Pastor, what exactly are you thinking politically here? <laughs> and and I think that's a good sign because it means I exposit the scriptures well and just talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> if people are confused about what I think politically, yeah. uh, that's not a, that's not a terrible thing. No, um, it's not. No, I'll be honest about what Impossible I think politically, if you yeah. ask. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll be honest, uh, but that's not what I preach from the pulpit. Right. Um, and and that's not the content of my overall message. I, right. It's important for us to determine to, to know nothing but Christ and Christ crucified. It doesn't mean we are ignorant. It means we right. have all that information, that knowledge. We have formed our opinions, our beliefs, and... When it comes to the content of our message in our life, that is sidelined so that the gospel takes center stage. Right. Um, and that's that's what Paul was getting at. And that's the example Paul set for the elders, the pastors in Corinth, and the example that the whole Corinthian church was to emulate. So this is for every believer. It's not it's not only for, for the pastors of a church, it's for every believer. Um, to determine to know nothing but Christ and Christ crucified. Oh my goodness! Right? Yeah, and that's a hard swallow. That's a, a hard, hard swallow. Hard swallow. Yeah, that's that's a, just like nah. That's not a hard swallow. <laughs> Gallon of sand. You know. Yeah. That's tough. Um, and I, I think Paul set the perfect example in Acts seventeen, uh, his trip to Athens. Um, on Mars Hill there, and let me just read this passage of scripture. This is Acts seventeen, starting in verse sixteen. Now, while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was being provoked within him. Uh (laughs) You know what that's like, don't you? Ah, yes. As he was observing the city of idols. Okay, so I'm looking around at everything that's, that's... terrible before god and my spirit is provoked oh i know what that's like hmm that sounds really familiar to me so he was reasoning in the synagogue as a result of seeing the city full of idols he went to the synagogue and started reasoning with the jews about (laughs) all the idols in the city and the god-fearing gentiles and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be present he's reasoning with them and also some of the epicurean (sighs) and stoic philosophers i would have loved to be here They were conversing with him. Some were saying, what would this idle babbler wish to say? (laughs) Others, he seems to be a proclaimer of strange deities because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. So what did he do? He went into reason with them, but not about the politics of the day, not about the Stoic or Epicurean philosophies. He used those things as a launching board to talk about Jesus, Mm -hmm. but that wasn't the content of his message. Jesus was. And so he sees all this terrible stuff, and he's not, like, lobbying to have legislation change, which that's what we do as Christians today, right? Like, oh, I don't like that law. Let's go lobby and try and have legislation change, (laughs) and we come up with all these plans. That's not the example we have in Scripture. No. The example we see in Scripture (laughs) is, okay, I see a lot of stuff that probably doesn't honor God, yeah. I'm just going to talk about Jesus and let him change people. That's that's what oh. Paul was doing. And they took him and they, they brought him to the Areopagus, Mars Hill, saying, 
May we know what this new teaching is, which you are proclaiming. They got curious. He's not handling this mm-hmm. like we handle this. He's, he's not trying to persuade us about all this other stuff. Our not legislation. Normal. This guy's not normal. We, we're a little curious now. Let's, let's see what's happening. This, this guy's a little controversial, but not in the, not in the normal sense. This is, <laughs> hey, come join this Facebook group and let's have a conversation. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for you are bringing some strange things to our ears, so we want to know what these things mean. Mm. Now all the Athenians and the strangers visiting there used to spend their time in nothing other than telling or hearing something new. So Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I observe that you are very religious in all respects. Hey, here I noticed this about you. Mm-hmm. For while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship, I also found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you. Hey, look, you're already acknowledging that there's something you don't know. Let me tell you about it. Yeah. Like, how... Come to what, know What it. would the world be like today if Christians did that instead of lobbying in D.C. to have legislation changed? We'd change the whole world, change the whole nation. The God who made the world and all the things in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all people life and breath and all things, yes, even the heathens. (laughs) And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, the boundaries of all nations, God determined that. The leaders of all nations, he determined that. That they would seek God, if perhaps they might grope for him and find him. Though he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and exist. Yes, even those who don't believe. That's how gracious God is. Like, as even some of your own poets have said, for we also are his children. Being then the children of God, we ought... So Paul had... He had knowledge. He was aware of the Greek poets, the Hellenistic poets. Like, being the children of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone or an image formed by the art and thought of a man. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, another way that could be translated is, therefore, having winked at the times of ignorance. And God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent because this is the content. So so he, he builds off what he knows about culture and society, religion, politics, whatever, philosophy, and he uses that as a launching board to present the gospel. And that's the same, that, that's the example we receive in Scripture. Um, our means of evangelism on this earth is to use all the stuff that God works together, all the stuff of the world, uh, to use that as, as a point to relate to people. And ah, then as a, as there a, you go. Yeah, and then as a launching board to proclaim the gospel. Ah, and then through bing, the gospel, bing, bing. as people receive the gospel and repent, their hearts are changed. And then we don't have to worry about new legislation in D.C. What's happening? Hearts are changing. People are changing. That takes care of itself. The Christian is to proclaim the gospel. God does the rest. Like That's pretty cool to think about. Um, that, that, that's, that's beyond huge as well. Yeah, to use all of your surroundings and all of the situations and everything mm-hmm. that's happening to you and those that you love to to progress the gospel. Yeah, it 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 it's almost like a lost art. It seems like mm-hmm. you know, and I mean to use the bad for good. 
Well, people are, people are so intent on arguing now, even people who claim to be Christians, like, no, we need, we need to argue the, the other, the other political party. We need to argue them into submission and legislate them into submission. And that's not going to work. Uh, it hasn't worked in the past. It won't work now. Uh, what we need is revival and revival comes by the word of power, which is the gospel. The gospel is the power of God. Um, nothing less than that will change the nation. <laughs> you know? One at a time. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's what we got to do. Mm-hmm. That's all we can do. Yeah. When people are like this, that's a that's a bottom-up sort of philosophy, isn't it? Mm. You, know, you don't change the nation by working, uh, uh, working, working legislation for, at the top and then expecting everybody to fall in line. Look, the more legislation gets passed, the less the American people care. Uh, yeah. You have to see that trend. Right? Yeah, the more laws well, there are, truth that, yeah, the, the, the more laws there are, the more the American people are like, ah, that's bogus. Care. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, don't um, matter. When at the founding of this nation, there were less laws, and instead of a lot of legislation, Congress was printing Bibles and distributing those Bibles to public schools, and children were learning the Bible. And the nation was prosperous. That's the difference between the America we are in now and the America of history, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which, is, which is crazy. Um, when we repent as a nation and follow hard after God and care about His gospel, and, and that is our content, we prosper as a nation. And that's the pattern in history. Now, it's correlation. It's not causation. I, I recognize no. that. But there's something to be said for correlation. Um, and then we think about promises like First Chronicles 7.14. If my people who call themselves by my name humble themselves and pray, I will turn from my wrath. I will heal their land and forgive their sin. What kind of prayer is that? It, that's not a prayer of... It's not like a... The charismatic sort of prayer, like if we're loud enough and repeat ourselves enough, asking God to heal our land, that He oh, will. There you no, go. The prayer there in First Chronicles—that's a prayer of repentance. Yeah. And it's like if the nation turned to God, the land would be healed, and there there would be unity. Um, families would would not be so adverse as they are now. Um, children would probably not be rebelling against parents. And I'm not talking about this religion that you shove down your kids' throats. I'm talking about sharing the gospel with them with peace and love. Um, There wouldn't be the division in families we see today. Uh, There wouldn't be the division in churches we see today. Uh, And there wouldn't be the division between denominations or whatever that we see today because, because people would be interested in the true gospel. And that would be the uniting factor in God. God changes hearts. The gospel is the power of God. Um, I, I, I believe that. Do you believe yeah, that? <laughs> kind of, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. 100%. I mean, it, it's just... Oh. Ears that hear. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Pray for their ears to hear. Mm-hmm. And I, I pray, I pray this for my own community too. Like here in here in Sunsights, here in the Sulphur Springs Valley, uh, there, there there is so much hurt and so much division because unbelievable, not, man. Not because of not because of the gospel, because 
people are so res- resistant to, to hear the message of peace. Um, Christ said that he, he came to bring he came to bring a sword rather than peace. Well, what is that sword? It is his gospel. Mm-hmm. And the only reason it, it divides so much is because people are so full of pride and so unwilling to to repent. Um, the gospel it it just makes known the division that's already there because of our because of our pride. Uh, the sword cuts us, and we don't like it, so we fight. We fight against God, and when we fight against God, we also fight against one another. Uh, we are a kingdom divided against ourselves. Um, so, yeah, for for my own community, right? For Sunsight, Arizona, oh. for the Sulphur Springs Valley, for Wilcox, man, we're about to start yeah. doing ministry in Wilcox. Hopefully, yeah. It's a, but it's it's like. Yeah, my heart is broken um, over this because people make issues out of so many things, and it's like See, that's, uh, you don't have to. You know, you know it, it's a it's such wasted energy. Yeah, it, it yeah. and and on top of that, it's just sometimes it can be so damaging. Mm-hmm. It can do so much more harm than any benefit ever. Yeah, you know. We want to get them to be in love. We want to introduce them to daddy and let them fall in love with daddy. There you go. And there's so much, so much peace. I wish I could explain it on a Mm. podcast, man. It's like, it's like a piece of cheesecake. This is my illustration. (laughs) You have no, you have no idea what it's like until you take the first bite. Nobody can explain it to you. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's right. We just have to, it, Got to keep continuing to pray for our country, too. Mm-hmm. Yep, country and the, yeah. the state of the church, state of theology. Um, which Is, is a, there even uh, one left in some places? I don't mean to be sounding yeah. remiss or anything, but it's like some places, it, it seems like it, it's been so not distracted, so... Mm. Extracted. Well, yeah, there's an anti anti intellectualism today. Okay, maybe yeah. that's so, so. That's probably thank you. Only theology, which they love, right? You not realize that's a theological statement. Let's explore itself, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, it doesn't make sense. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, that's exactly. A, gospel. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, well, bro, you have anything else? Um. That's pretty much what I got, unless you heard anything else in the sermon that you want to bring out. No. No. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. Where does this go? Who's who listening? I, I don't know. Hey, if you're all listening, stand up and wave. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But it's like, it, it, we need to. Um, Somebody in his living room just yeah, stood up. <laughs> they need to know that T-Cats is weird. <laughs> what <laughs> they need to know that the church at Sunsites is weird. Mm. They're very weird and and loving and kind. This is a kind, kind church. A, I know a kind church. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? <laughs> the people in this church are kind. People need to come visit. They just do. Yeah, come visit. Be, yep. be a part of the family. Let's, yep. let's grow in the. Let's grow in the knowledge and faith of our Lord Jesus Christ together. That's what it's all about. Bring cigars. <laughs> 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 I don't care what kind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, well, thank you guys so much uh, for joining us this episode of The Blacktop Pulpit by The Church at Sunsites. Be sure to check out thechurchatsunsites.com. Check out the resources we have there, past sermons, Bible studies. Uh, It is all all there for your good. Be sure to hit that donate button and pray for our ministry so we can continue doing everything that we are doing in our community and around the world. We can't do it without you. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next time. Peace. P.S. Ken Duffy. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you're spending time with your wife right now instead yeah. of instead of doing this show with us. So What's up with that. <laughs> oh, can't Come wait, on, man. Can't wait for you to be back with us next week for this. <laughs> <laughs>